Good morning, James Chapman. What's going on, man? Well, it is 2.21 in the afternoon, so my coffee's starting to wear off, but I'm still crushing the day, but it's no longer morning. I've been up since 4 a.m., but thank okay. you for asking. You, 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 and I, you and I both. So yeah. I, 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 we're on the same page. However, yeah. depending on when you're listening to this, good morning, That's good true. afternoon, good evening. That's right. I hope you're having a wonderful day or night. Uh, I don't James. know about you, but when I wake up at four, it's always I cuss first thing. Uh, Damn it. And then I get fired up. Uh-huh. All right. And I get my exercise going. And then I actually start getting thankful for the day and start centering myself. But man, when I wake up every single morning, I'm like, this is too quick. <laughs> this is too quick. <laughs> this is too early. So anyways, I digress. I will not ramble about that. Because today, folks, Addison has went above and beyond and brought us a very special guest. That is a fact. That is and a- I get the pleasure of introducing, I'm going to ask her to tell about herself because I will never do it justice the way she will. But Michelle, welcome to the show. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what you got going on. Thanks, James. Thanks, Addison. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me back on. So I'm Michelle Siler Tucker, and that's probably why you want me to introduce myself to get my name right, because <laughs> I'm <laughs> pronounced Siler. So I'm Michelle Siler Tucker, been in mergers and acquisitions 20 plus years, been an entrepreneur my entire life, I've owned many different businesses in different sectors, uh, medical, graphics, technology, and um, franchise development, franchise sales, franchise consulting. I, I got into M&A about 22 years ago, which now I'm really starting to date myself here, but um, got in this industry, fell in love with it, fell in love with my clients, fell in love with, with business owners. And we've sold hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of businesses in pretty much every vertical you can imagine. Um, and we, you know, have a high closing rate, about a 98% closing rate. We typically earn our clients 20 to 40% higher selling price than what the business appraises for. We don't just sell businesses, though. We specialize in buying, fixing, growing, and selling. I also partner with business owners, investing my money, my expertise for competencies, and I put them on a road to exit rich program where we're going to exit the business for no less than $15 million in three to five years. We also, um, I have my own businesses that I, that I operate that I'm building to sell. We also have a, a road to exit rich program. This is new since last time I spoke to you gentlemen. Uh, the reason I implemented road to exit rich is because Steve Forbes, who endorsed exit rich, said 80% of businesses will never sell. 80%, that should be like a slap in the face to business owners because that means you have less than a 20% chance of success. So exit Exit Rich, the Road to Exit Rich is a program where we meet with clients. We, we really meet with clients where they are in their business. We figure out what's their biggest objectives. We take them through the, the GPS exit model to help them get crystal clear on their exit, what they want to sell their business for, what their business is worth, time frame, buyers, etc. Then we do an evaluation to see how, how big is that gap <laughs> between what they want and what it's worth. Right. And then we we really identify their bottlenecks. We take them through the six P's that we talk about in Exit Rich. And at the end of the 12 months, we do another valuation to see how close we are. And so that's a new program. 
Um, but that's basically what we do. We also teach M&A to other entrepreneurs who are looking to, to get into this industry. Exit Rich, um, since I, I was on your show last February, we did make the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. I'd love to thank you all. Congratulations. That's awesome. There. Yeah. That is awesome. Now, I want to go back because you said 22 years ago you got in this. So was this just by just by chance you got into it? Was it a goal you were looking for? I mean, what, what got you into this? It, it this was business? never, it was never a goal, James. You know, I never woke up and said, I want to sell companies, <laughs> but I did wake up and said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Nobody's ever going to tell me what to do <laughs> yeah. myself. But when I was in franchise development, franchise sales and franchise consulting, I had so many business owners come to me or buyers come to me and say, look, I want you to sell our business. Well, that's not what we do. Oh, hey, I want you to, I want to buy an existing business. I go, well, that's not what we do. <laughs> we, we do franchises. And after that kept happening and happening and happening, I'm a big Bob Proctor fan. I believe in the law of attraction. Yeah. And I believe in listening. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? There must be something to this. And so that was a little over about 22 years ago when, when, I, when I transitioned into m and And it was a huge transition from franchising. I bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, Addison and I were talking about this, I don't know, a couple of podcasts ago. We've probably mentioned it a few times, but I've started getting where I focus on my net worth. And in focusing on my net worth, I do a personal financial statement every year now. Uh-huh. Right. Top, top to bottom. My biggest equity piece is my business. Yeah. On, on my, my, I mean, on my financial statement. And I think about how much I don't take in salary at times to reinvest in the company. And I can see where I've been short-sighted in a lot of places. Like, how am I building this up? Because I'm not going to live forever. I don't have some pipe dream that I'm going to pass it to a kid. And I think a lot of people push children into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a goal of mine. I mean, if my kid wants to do it, great. But she better write a check, right? So, you know, I think there's a lot of pieces where people don't think about that either. And, you know, but besides just not planning for it, what is one of the biggest things you see business owners fail to do when it comes to, like when they're coming to you and they're starting to think about it, what, what have they should have been doing 10 years ago? So, you know, you dropped so many bombs right there. Yeah. <laughs> Bomb number one, you do your financial statement every year. That, that's actually a golden nugget because that's extremely impressive. I bet you less than 1% of the population actually do that annually. So big kudos to you for that. And um, the second important thing that you said was your business is your most valuable asset on your financial statement. And that's not the case for, for a lot of owners because, well, it is the case, but they haven't identified that. They haven't identified their business as being their number one or their biggest asset because you said business. Many business owners say babies because mm-hmm. they treat their business as their baby. They treat their business as their firstborn and they're emotionally attached. So they're making decisions and plans based on emotions, not on logic. So it's really good that you are able to separate that out and realize and take stock of that your business is your most valuable asset. And if we can just get business owners to shift that one little teeny tiny shift that your business is not your baby. Your babies are at home. Go home, love them, kiss them, hug them. Treat yeah. your business as a big asset that it is and plan for its exit. And you, and you dropped another 
um, um, bomb, golden nugget, whatever you want to call it, the likelihood that your kids are going to take over your business is slim to none. And if they do, you want them to write a check. You just don't want to gift it to them, right? Mm -hmm. So with all that being said, one of the biggest mistakes that business owners make and why businesses are not sellable is because of everything you just said. Business owners don't think about selling their business. They don't think about it until an internal or external catastrophic event occurs. Internal is health issues, partners disputes, divorce. You know, we have over 51% divorce rate in this country. Yeah. Death. Yes, you're right. You're not going to live forever. None of us are, unfortunately. So death. The external is this pandemic that we've all been living in for the last two and a half years. You never want to sell your business during a catastrophe. It is financial suicide. Because you won't exit rich. You'll be exiting poor. You'll be selling for pennies on the dollar, closing your business, or even worse, filing bankruptcy. So you need to, to do what Stephen Covey has always said. Start with the end in mind. You should plan your GPS exit model day one of buying or starting a business. And I know many of your listeners are like, look, lady, I've been in this business for five years, 10 years. It's never too late. It's only too late if you quit. Yeah, right. So you really got to go back and plan what I call the GPS exit model. It's a step-by-step blueprint to get that plan and get you crystal clear with what you want, what your objectives are. So that when you are ready to exit, you've actually built a sustainable, scalable, sellable business that people want to buy. That's the problem with business owners. They don't create a business that that people want to buy because the business is a thousand percent dependent on that. When they leave, the business dies. So that's interesting. So I've bought quite a few different agencies over the years and I know of one that has a really good beat on what it's worth. One out of, this will be number six. One out of six actually has a good beat on what they charge me. One had no idea and I paid way underpaid. I got a great deal. They just didn't know. They thought it was worth a lot less than it was. And I didn't take advantage of them. There was a lot of, but after the fact, I realized how much they undervalued it. The rest of them totally, they had no true sight picture on what they had. And so it was their baby, right? I can't think about all the years they put the sweat equity in instead of where it actually sat as a value and asset to me. And their number was way too high and they had to settle much lower. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you're just full of nuggets today, aren't you? (laughs) Uh, I just like to talk a lot. (laughs) So, so we're going to go back to um, not knowing for underselling, undervaluating. And yes, that happens from time to time. I mean, Steve Forbes, when he endorsed Exit Rich, he says, Exit Rich is a must read because way too many business owners leave too much money on the table when they go to sell their business. They undervalue it because they don't know. They didn't have a professional really evaluate that business and evaluate the synergies for them. And then yeah, the flip side of that coin is much more prevalent. Most business owners overvaluate their business. You're saying they're based on sweat equity. Yes, but they more so base it on what they need to enter the next phase of their life. Whether that's retirement or buying another business or buying an island or whatever it is. Yeah. They base it on that. They'll come to me and say, I want $20 million. And I'm like, well, how did you come up with $20 million? Like, well, I'm 60 years old and that's what I need to retire on. Buyers don't give a rat's ass about what you need. <laughs> they yeah. only care about the value your business brings to them. So, so, go ahead. 
Well, I just, I had somebody bring up a point recently to me. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Um, Cause as being the, the um, 100% owner of my business, I pay myself a, a fair W-2 wage, right? And then I turn around and cut myself distributions on the side, which a lot of business owners do. Mm-hmm. You're an escort? He told me I should stop yeah. doing that and pay everything to myself on a W-2 because he said, when somebody like me wants to come in and buy your business eventually, you're messing with the numbers we look at. We want to see W-2. What is he- I thought that was kind of odd because I was thinking, I mean, it's still clear what I pay myself and you can totally see those numbers. And, but he was telling me that I should not be doing that. What, and what does he do? Same thing. He's in insurance. Oh, he's much in- bigger. He's much, in- much bigger. Insurance. Okay. Well, first of all, insurance companies are evaluated very differently than most other industries. Number one. Number two, that's incorrect information. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to pay yourself all that W-2 in distributions. It's okay to run expenses. And I have to be careful how I say this because we don't know who's all listening. <laughs> yeah, and we get, look, we're not giving, we're not giving tax advice here. Non-reoccurring expenses through your business. We do what's called normalize the financials. And we normalize the financials and see what the true seller's, the true seller's discretionary earnings really are. And you don't have to pay yourself all W-2. The way you're doing it is just fine. There is nothing wrong with the way you're doing it. In fact, I think the way you're doing it is much better than all W-2. Mm-hmm. Now, and there's other ways, you know, and I'm not going to get tax advice here, but there's other ways, other ways. Look, what are we trying to do? We're going to business for financial freedom. We're trying to have a better quality of life. We're trying to make, you know, money for our family. And yes, we all pay taxes. But we also want to look at strategies and techniques to mitigate taxes, right? Mm-hmm. There's lots of different strategies and techniques. Um, one is, is having a separate corporation and paying yourself a management fee. One is if you own the real estate, you can pay rent to a separate corporation. You're taxed differently with those two things, the management fees and rent, than you are with a W-2. There's nothing wrong with W-2 and distribution the way that you're doing it. Even running through some personal expenses on reoccurring still normalizes the financials and gets us to the true EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization of the business. So that's a big lesson right there is that yeah. you shouldn't listen to everybody you talk to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I say, you know, there's opinions and there's counsel. Opinions are, everybody has an opinion, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has an opinion. But not everyone is qualified to give counsel. Right. Right. Big difference. It's right, just yeah. like CPAs. And I love CPAs, so don't get mad at me if you're a CPA, but... Just like CPAs that tell clients, oh, you can get 10 times gross revenues. There is nobody on this green, this green earth that all around the world is going to pay you 10 times revenue unless you're a SaaS company. <laughs> it's always a multitude of EBITDA. Now, insurance companies are a little bit different. Yeah, we see some, we see the, our industries up significantly right now, which a lot of industries may be. But no, I mean, we, we do see factors like that for in EBITDA. Yeah. Insurance companies are way up. I mean, there are industries that have just shot through the roof after COVID, and there are industries that just are dying. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a very hard time coming bouncing back. So you talk about planning on the front end. 
I think a lot of times, like for a long time, I would say, Michelle, I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever retire. I, I'm not going to work like I used to, but the idea of retirement is kind of an icky feeling, right? I, I'm going to keep having fun. I'm going to keep making money. But I mean, a business is either growing or dying. Is there kind of a sweet spot where you see where businesses sell after a certain amount of time that people should consider? Well, I want to go back to, I'm never retiring. I want to go back to two big points you made. Number one was evaluations. That everybody you met with, only one out of six knew what their business was worth. That's actually pretty good because I find maybe one out of a hundred <laughs> knows what their business is worth because business owners don't get their business evaluated. Their most valuable asset, they don't get evaluated on an annual basis. And you should always have an annual valuation checkup because there are events that increase valuations, there are events that decrease valuations. I mean, this pandemic is a perfect example of that, right? Yeah. So you need to always know what your business is worth every year, just like you know what your financial portfolio is, right? You always know what your financial portfolio is. You need to know what your business is worth every year. Um, as far as timing, I, here's the bottom line. Yes, you may say to yourself, look, I just had a call. Well, we're going to sell a company for only about $1.3 billion. And there's four partners. There's the husband and wife, then there's a lady, and then there's a very young man that's 28 years old. And so they're all like, well, our number is around a billion to 1.3. He says, 17 billion. <laughs> and then he says, I'm not for sale. We're not for sale. Well, he only has about 10% of the vote. <laughs> he says, we're not for sale. So there's a perfect example of a 28-year-old with seasoned entrepreneurs who they're probably in their 50s, seasoned entrepreneurs who say, listen, <laughs> we're not going to do this forever and we're all going to sell. So it's really important, imperative to really have that mind, mindset shift to say, oh, I don't ever want to retire. Yeah, you might not ever want to retire, but you also might not want to run your company forever. And nothing lasts forever. You're either going or dying. Look at, look at Toys R Us. It was in business 75 years. It goes out of business. You know. So the bottom line, though, is if you build your business from the beginning with the exit in mind, guess what you're building? You're building a much better widget. You're building right. a business that's sustainable, scalable, much more profitable. And when you're ready, it's actually sellable because you never know what's in store. I mean, I had a lady call me from Dallas. Her husband dropped dead from a heart attack at the age of 40. Left her with a mountain of debt. She had no idea about the finances or the business. And she's like, can you sell the business? And I started asking her questions. He had a construction company, no employees, all 1099s, no processes. Wasn't operating on any of the six Ps except for profits. But when he died, the business died because all the data was in his head. So we always should be working towards building, building a business for sale so we can set our loved ones up for success. You know, any of us can walk across the street and get hit by a car and die. Yeah, we yeah. need to build that business so it's always sellable in which to protect our loved ones because we don't want to leave them with a mountain of debt, nothing to sell. Yeah. I, mean, I agree. And, and, you know, talking about the whole exiting, the exiting piece, you know, exit, can mean a lot of different things. What pushed me more towards it was like, I was, I was nervous. What started making me plan better was I was nervous of the fact of 
you know, we're out here pushing really hard. We're taking on debt, reinvesting. I'm like, man, if I drop dead, I cannot leave my family screwed in this process. They've backed me on everything. I'll be fine if I'm here, but what if I'm not here? So that's why I started getting really heavy about processes, procedures. So I was like, okay, either somebody from my team can step into this role yeah. and then be able to start writing checks to my family. You can or something. sell a company to, to another agency. Right. Unless you have a sellable agency. So yeah. that's important that you're thinking that way. I mean, that's, I wish so many more business owners would take that same approach. And the likelihood, and you're right, there's so much different exits. Exit is selling, right? You can sell 100%. You can sell 70 to 80%. Nowadays, most buyers are not wanting to buy 100%. They're wanting to buy anywhere from 70 to 80% because they want the owner to stay on. They feel like they still need that brain trust. They want that owner to have some skin in the game that the business is going to continue on and continue to grow. There's also exiting by, by selling to your kids or gifting it to your kids. But here's the deal. It used to be very prevalent that, that parents would gift the business to the kid from generation to generation. This generation doesn't want your business. They see the sacrifices we make. They see the long hours. They see when we miss their games. They don't want that lifestyle. They want to go out and create their own masterpiece. You can sell to your employees, but that's a slippery slope. But you can set up an ESOP, especially if you're concerned about making sure your family is set up for success. Um, and then you can also you can also get a manager to run your company, and that's kind of an exit. But the problem is you're still tied to it. Yeah. So you have to really look at all the access to determine which one's best for you. It's like Tony Robbins. You never sell Tony Robbins. <laughs> he had, he, but he did sell. But he did a sell through his employees. He did an ESOP. And and you said that's an ESOP. ESOP. E S O P. ESOP. Can you explain that for us? I can. It's it's basically look. It's a it's a very complicated structure. <laughs> okay. But it but it's a complicated structure. It's set up to sell to your employees. So it can be structured many different ways. But your employees can have percentages, and as long as they're there, they get more equity into the company. Um, there's also insurance that can help buy the partner out. You know, there's all different ways to, to, to structure that. If you're interested, interested in that, just reach out to us at silenttucker.com. But that's an ESOP. So, you know, you, you gave me a little praise there. I will tell you, I've had good mentors around me who've, you know, told me when to get my head out of my ass and do these <laughs> things. So I've been very fortunate on that. Uh, but it, from what I'm gathering, it doesn't matter where you're at in the process your book, Exit Rich, could be a, an extremely good resource for them. And you've given them an easier way. You're having it change up. You're having it where it's going to be a little easier for them to consume that information, correct? Absolutely. thousand percent. Yeah. And, and Exit Rich, look, Exit Rich is not just a resource. I mean, it is a, it is a step-by-step blueprint of what you need to do in your company. It's not even about selling your business, half of it. Well, it is, but the first half is about planning that GPS exit model. The first half is about getting your ducks in a row, going through the seller sanity check. And then it's all about um, building that GPS exit model from the beginning, You know, really knowing what, what your desired price tag, what's your business worth today, um, what's your time frame, who your buyers, there's five different types of buyers. What buyers are going to be right to buy your business? 
And then it's about what should your numbers be? If you want to sell for 10 million, you're worth a million. What do your numbers need to be to sell for 10? What is the criteria? What are the synergies that buyers are willing to outbid everybody else on? When we take businesses to sell, we're not just selling to a buyer. We're creating a bidding war. <laughs> We've got 12, 15, 20 LOIs coming at us at once. And we want to create that bidding war so we can maximize value. The more people you have looking at your business, this is why nobody should say, oh, I'm going to sell to this buyer. You never, ever want to put all your eggs in one buyer's basket. You want to make sure you diversify because you're never going to create a bidding war with a party of one. And that's yeah. one of the biggest mistakes that business owners do. And then it takes you through um, the six Ps, how to build the infrastructure on making sure you have that solid foundation. Because if you don't have people in your organization and it's you doing everything with a couple of um, employees and independent contractors and no real management team, if the business can't run without you, you're never going to maximize that value. And then same thing with product. If you're in a dying industry, not a thriving industry, you're not going to sell for maximum value. If you have one profit center and you don't have congruent revenue streams, you're not going to sell for maximum value. If your processes, which you were talking about earlier, James, are not buttoned up and fine-tuned, you're not going to sell for maximum value. Same thing with proprietary. You got to protect all your proprietary assets. So, and then patrons, profits. But Exit Rich is a step-by-step blueprint to build a sustainable, scalable, and sellable asset. And we've had clients that said they've been in business. I got a media company. Been in business 20 years. So, my God, I didn't know half of this stuff. And the stuff I did did know, I'm not doing so he broke it up in chapters and he gave it to each one of his department heads and said, you're in charge of this, you're in charge of this, you're in charge of that. Same thing with a $100 million pharmaceutical company we're selling. They they bought it, oh my gosh, last year when it was in digital form, they printed it out on ledger paper, <laughs> highlighted it and same thing, gave it to, to their department heads and said, they, t- they said, do everything she told you to do. So Exit Rich, again, is about not leaving money on the table, emotionally disconnecting from your business and building that asset, the biggest you can possibly build it. So when you're ready, you and your family can exit rich and, and afford the, the lifestyle you've always dreamed of and deserve. And yes, James, now it's an audio version because you know what? Everybody kept telling me, write the book, write the book, write the book. I wrote the book and now what they say? Record the book, record the book. We don't have time to read. <laughs> <laughs> So now we have an audio version for $2.99 for the month of May. This special ends on Tuesday, May 31st, $2.99, which is less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And not only do you get the audio version, but you get all the supplementation that comes with it. Plus, you email us a receipt that you bought the audio version. We'll give you a lifetime membership to the Exit Rich Book Club where we have lots of video content and training and documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business, like LOIs, purchase agreements, due diligence checklists, closing docs. You are never going to find a better value than this. Yeah, that's awesome. No doubt. That's that's great. I'm, I, I, want, uh, I want that. So where would I go to get that? You can get it at your favorite store that you buy your audio books. You can go to Amazon, Audible on Amazon. Okay, cool. Barnes & Noble. Yep, any any of those stores where you love to shop from. It's up to you. Yeah, I, I chew through some Audible books. Okay, perfect. Good. That's fantastic. Um, Addison, you got any questions? Man, I'm I'm soaking in the knowledge because right. I unlike unlike up, James you know, I'm like here, a kid in the candy store right now. So I'm trying to steal the show from Addison here. Look, uh, 
Michelle, we you've he's been very trying, gracious. He's trying time. to talk, James. <laughs> Are you trying to talk right now? Look at well, no, no. So the, uh, basically, what I was trying to say is, on the other half of James, I am the other half. A lot of what I do, like I've got processes, I've got folks here, and and, and all that kind of good stuff. But a lot of my stuff is in my head still, right? The yeah. the important stuff that needs to be put on paper. So, like, what if what if what if I do croak tomorrow? What happens, right? I do have a partner that might be able to step in, but it's not going to be run the same way. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of things that I'm soaking in right now. And obviously I need to go out and pick up the book. So I'm going to suggest everybody else pick up the book as well. If you didn't pick it up last time. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I'm just, my wheels are spinning. So I'm here. I'm just listening. I, I prefer to soak in knowledge, but I don't have anything to say. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you just said a lot right there. Hey, so, Michelle, <laughs> we want to be respectful of your time and all our listeners' time as well. Is there, um, is there any kind of final thought you want to leave our, um, our listeners with on this? Yeah, so I always say um, it's hard to read the label from the inside of the bottle. It could be whatever bottle you want to imagine yourself in, tequila, vodka, whatever. <laughs> but it's hard to read the tequila. label from the inside of the bottle. I like tequila, too. Yeah. You need an outsider's perspective to read the warning sign and keep you out of the danger zone. So get a mentor, but don't get just any mentor. Make sure you get a mentor that's been down the road that you want to travel because they can short your learning curve dramatically. And if you're thinking about, look, I want to sell my business one day, you really want to build that, reach out to us, call us. We have that Road to Exit Rich program. It's, it's, it's very affordable for, for small business owners. We love to help small business owners be more successful because let's face it, small business is the backbone of our economy. Without small business, what do we have? We don't have jobs, you know, because we yeah. small business employs over half the U.S. workforce. So we got to keep small business strong. But reach out to me at SilerTucker.com and make sure you listen to my podcast, Exit Rich. Let's go. Um, so what, <laughs> what we'll do is definitely going to put in some links. I'm going to put the links in for the, uh, the book itself. I'm also going to put in links for the audio book uh, to your website. And also, if I can find your link, are you on basically everywhere for podcasts, like Spotify and everything? Yeah, okay. Everywhere. All right. So I'll grab that link from Spotify and Apple, and I'll just throw it in the, the show notes as well. Okay. Um, and definitely, we appreciate having you on for sure. Thank you both so much for having me back on. It's always a blast with the two of you. It's a pleasure. Hey, guys, y'all got a lot of information really quick. Go back, listen to this again if you need to. And my last little tip for you, you should have an Audible subscription every month. It, re, it makes you get a book every month so you don't waste the money. So you need. I know you got a credit sitting there right now. Go use it. Go get a book. Quit messing around. You shouldn't be, a businesses are made to be sold. So get after this stuff, learn from it, take it, apply it, do better with it. And businesses are made to be profitable. <laughs> so many businesses are not. So Exit Rich can really help your business be much more profitable and one without you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Michelle, you. Thank you so much. Addison, you got anything to add before we close this thing out? That's it, man. And with that, grind her out. <laughs>